One, there's the, in Parshas Vayera is an exciting parish and much, much to learn. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question, something that I'm curious about, that I want to ask the guys. I want to study a Pasuk, and then maybe we have much to study and learn about, but I want to ask Elio, if anybody here, I'm curious, Shlomo's a funny guy and a smart person, and there's a Pasuk here that speaks about humor in a way, and I'm curious how everybody took this Pasuk. There's Hashem talking to me and you. What is, there's a Pasuk that intrigues me, Johnny, and I want to try to figure it out together. See if we can put our minds, Shlaima, together. Light is, lives in Stein, and with remarkable Mesira Snefesh, the rule in Stein is if you do Chesed, then they, they, they kill you, they lynch you if you do chesed. And light does chesed. He breaks the rules of stein. The two angels came to stein. And light goes to greet them. And he does what you're not allowed to do. He invites them home. It's remarkable. He did what appears, he like almost, it almost appears when you read the Pesukim that he outsteigs Avram Avinu, almost his father, his Rebbe Avram, his uncle and Rebbe Avram, does Achnas Asarchim when it's remarkably different. Avram Avinu is in tremendous pain and does Achnas Asarchim. This is next level. He's, his life's on the line. Sidaim doesn't let Chesed. They literally lynch a guy for doing Chesed. And Avram Avinu does chesed. No. And amazing chiddush that, uh, uh, light, I'm sorry, thank you, Mo. Light does chesed. He invites them over. This is a scary invite. He says to them, please come to my house. You'll wash off, you'll rest, and you'll stay here. Incredible, incredible Mesir Nefesh that he invites over guests. In Sidaim, they weren't into kindness. It's not that relatable, but they held in stein that you were ruining the world doing kindness. We spoke yesterday that Hashem's world works. Hashem built a world that works. And the world works, that people work, get money, and if you don't work, you don't have money. Kindness is dangerous. You're breaking the world order. Sadaim was very nervous. Sadaim had such a belief in God and his world that the world works. Don't, do, don't hand out freebies. You, you hurt the world. You do damage. You teach people to rest and do nothing. Make them earn it. Make them earn it. You're a dangerous man, your kind. You hurt the world order. Hashem made a world, a very good world. A guy works hard, gets parnasse. He doesn't work, he doesn't. All of a sudden, you're giving out freebies. You're a very dangerous guy. You're hurting the world order. That's what they held in Stein. They were petrified from chesed. You know how much damage chesed could do? It's not that simple. We look at government programs and whole cities that survive on government programs. Is that healthy? Not healthy? People are trained. You work, you get. You don't work, you don't get. Misha Tarech, Berev Shabbos, Yoichel B'Shabbos. All of a sudden you don't work and you get. That's very dangerous. Remarkably dangerous. Hashem made a world where you work and you get. You work and you get. Like, <laughs> that's how Hashem made a world. And in Sadaim, they were very, very scared of kindness. Very logical. Extremely logical and thought out. And they held, you're literally damaging the world when you do kindness. You handed out freebies? You're at... Well, they didn't talk to you about 
being like right. Like they weren't. Of course, like, I thought it was right. They weren't like they weren't like horrible people. They no, like, no, yeah, no, no, no. You can't like learn. They were just business. crazy. The tyrant doesn't record about crazy people. You have nothing to learn from that. Show them. They weren't malicious people. It's unlike we would have nothing to learn. Like if they were just show. like sickos that were just like. The, did you ever meet a guy's against Chesed? Like, they're saying something. Didn't they Otherwise, not want people to live there. Didn't they not want people to live there or something like that? They didn't that? let Chesed to their own people either. They didn't let Chesed. They weren't into Chesed but because they had a swara to why Chesed is damaging. Chesed is very dangerous. But they would cut people's legs or like extend them if the bed yeah, doesn't Chazal fit. Chazal is saying something it's about that. It's not like that. they're by like a neutral Chazayim place. Are, Chazal are teaching us something about that. Okay. But they, they did not believe, certainly Sedaim did not believe in kindness and they felt it does damage. Societies that hand out freebies at people that are trained to just accept freebies. Instead, teach people you work, you get, you don't work, you don't get. Why do you punish so bad? They thought they were doing it right. Get a whole land flipped over. Isn't that amazing? Elio says that like it almost seems logical that they're saying such a good swear and they get punished so harsh. <laughs> if anybody understands that our survival is chesed Hashem, while you're receiving chesed to have such a shita, you you forfeit being here. Because their own shita makes them not be here. Oh, we shouldn't get freebies. And then Saddam doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if we don't get freebies, we're not here. The world needed me to sachess. We need freebies. If you need freebies, don't tell somebody else. Saddam was big shita, and then they don't exist anymore, Saddam. <laughs> They're shita, no freebies. They're a stark shita. There shouldn't be freebies. We are Saddam today. It's not. You're supposed, to Our ho- what? You're supposed to want freebies? It's a good question. We need Chesed Hashem. 1,000% we need Chesed Hashem. 1,000%. There's an interest in din. Big people want the din, by the way. Reb Nayak Weinberg, at the end of his life, asked Hashem, take off the gloves, I want din. And boy, he, he had a very tough end of his life. He asked Hashem for din, I want din. There's such a thing. It says, Rabbi Kiva had din, there's such a thing. There's such a thing in Nidus Adin. But, but we need chesed, we need chesed. Lumaisa Sidaim, Sidaim very much despise chesed and light in remarkable Messiah Snefesh. Does chesed where he's at the threat of being lynched, and sure enough, the whole city comes. The whole city comes to lynch light. I don't know if anybody's ever faced like a mob mentality to scare. It's, <laughs> I was surrounded by Goyim. I had in my life surrounded by people who were threatening to kill me and surrounded. I was saved by Hashem, but saved the, the, the mazel that a group of guys in yeshiva were coming out of a park, a group. Of, we used to have, a, Rabbi Kivi used to arrange in the basement on, on um, Cook Street, a group that did karate. They, they did MMA stuff, martial arts. And they punk came out then and they saved my life. But I was surrounded. It's frightening. It's overwhelming. And I, it, was, it was already hours and hours later, close to midnight. And the event happened like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I still had like, I still had adrenaline in my body. Literally, I still was shaken up and shaking from the experience, extremely scary experience. And light as a mob that's ready to lynch him for the kindness that he does. Lemaisa, Lemaisa, Hashem makes a miracle 
and the mob that's lynching, that's come to rip light apart, becomes blind. Hashem makes them all blind. They couldn't find the door to his tent. They all go blind. And they can't find the door to the tent. There's a mob ready to lynch light. And they want Adam to tear him apart for doing kindness. And they go blind. They can't find the door to his tent. And they can't find the door. It is a little homework, and I'm not speaking about this. It's probably Kedai to think about why Hashem punished them that way. They were blind. Interesting. There are many ways. They all could have dropped dead. They all could have just gotten scared and run away. Interesting. They're They're all trying to attack light and trying to rip him to shreds for doing kindness. And they all become blind and they can't find the door. Very interesting. They can't, they're like groping around. They don't know where the door is. Very interesting that Hashem made it. They can't find the door. They can't enter Pashat. They can't go in his house to lynch him. They're all blind and they can't find the door. It comes the angels, the guests that light. Right now, light has angels in his house. And... The mob came to lynch him, but they're all blind. And the angels say to Light that we have news to you. They say to Light and his daughters and son-in-laws, We've been sent by God and we're now going to destroy this land. Right now, we're here, we're going to destroy Stein. Hashem has sent us. Hashem has sent us to destroy Stein. So Light is told this by the angels. He says to his son-in-laws, he says, Very interesting double lashon. He says to his son-in-laws, who married his daughters, obviously a double lashon there, that's what a son-in-law means. A little redundant. But there's a shot in each word. He says to his son-in-laws who have married his daughters. And he says, Let's get out of here. Hashem's going to destroy Stein. He says, let's skedaddle. Hashem's about to destroy Stein. Let's get out of here. And this Pasuk, four words. Four it was a joke in their eyes. What is that? What is that? He couldn't be more serious. And it was a joke in their eyes. You could tell if somebody's joking or not. My Rebbe described when his son ran in the room and he told his father, there's a gunman in the house, he said his face was white. And he said, I swear, he wanted his father to believe him. Every second their lives depended. He said, I swear there was a gunman. And my Rebbe said he didn't have to swear. His face said it was true. Light has just been told by angels in his house. God sent us. We are destroying. We're bringing this place down. Light didn't look like he was joking. They knew when he was joking. He didn't look like he was joking. I remember there was once a guy, years ago, there was a guy in Yeshiva, very, very special person, and my kids were very young. And I was asking him that I play ball with my kids, and it's Geshmak, 
I said, I was telling him that I'm worried. Somebody had criticized me and I was worried that it looks like ball is so serious. Are they going to know? Like the difference between sports, and we talk sports, geschmack, and seriously, are they going to know the difference between sports and netzchias and eternity? So he said, he, the guy like waved his hands. The guy I trust, he said, our kids know our inner feelings. They know what you're thinking. They know how you look. Every detail of how you look when you say this, how you look when you say that. The words of Reb Tzadik are kind of Lublin. Your kids are your deepest thoughts. They know what you're thinking. They know. They know. You have a little different look. Here, Light says to his son-in-laws, I just heard from the angel, Stoim's going down. And it was like, It was like a joke. It was some form of a tzchik. And I want to ask the chevra, what's pshat in that? Like, why didn't they believe him? Why was it kimitzachik? And such an interesting pasuk that's relevant for Netzach that eternally we should know his son-in-laws when they were told Hashem said I'm destroying Sedaim, it was a tzchik. In their yeah, what's the? He said it's going to be destroyed. Jokes to tell, like. Yeah. Ah. What is that? What's that? What's that expressing? It was kimitzachik beinich hasanav. It was like a joke. Is that right? What, and what? It's like it's a strange, strange mistake. They had communication problems. He wasn't being very funny. The country in another few minutes was brought down. And when he tells his son-in-laws, the Torah wants us to know it was kemitzachek be'enei chasanov. He was like joking in their eyes. Of what relevance is that? Why was that? He didn't. Have, he, he was smiling when he... So it's interesting. There was a guy in yeshiva. Very, very interesting. There was a guy in yeshiva who, who told me that one of the great shames of his life, when he told it to me, he was like broken. It was one of the great shames of his life in a deep way. And he said it. He could barely croak out the words that he has a deep shame when his parents told him that his cousin passed away in a car accident. He left. And it's one of the profound shames of his life. So the guy told me in Yeshiva. He said he's never, am I a crazy, I'm a sicko. I feel like I'm a piece of garbage. I was told my cousin passed away and I left. And I told him something that happened to me. He felt tremendous shame. I'm a sick person. I'm sick. I'm not a human being. This was, and this is what happened. This was my response. I left. When I was a youngster living on Caffrey Avenue, I don't know how old I was, under 12. My family moved by my remitzvah time. And there was, a, I remember in the kitchen, I can picture the fire, a fire, a little fire broke out. And I started laughing. I started laughing. A very sh- and the response befuddled me. I, was, I started laughing. It's not my type. I, you don't know how you're going to be under a difficult circumstance. And people, you could look up about this. There are people whose response to difficulty is to laugh. You have to look up what is that. It's interesting. They're told it's going to, Sedaim is going to be destroyed. It's like a joke in their eyes. Now, I'm not saying that's pshat in them. I want to study what's pshat in them. The response of laughter to a tragedy is a, is a, is a, is a response. that you could look up. 
You could look up, there are a lot of writings on this. Why do some people, this kid, it was, the, it was like one of his deep, maybe the deepest shame of his life. He was told his cousin was nifter in a car accident, and his response is he started laughing. It's interesting for anybody who studied Marcus, and you have to study what is that response called laughter. Why, when I saw my house on fire, did I laugh? It's fascinating that Rabbi Kiva sees Chorben and he laughs. He sees Chorben, Rabbi Kiva, and he laughs. Rabbi Kiva's response to Chorben is laugh. It's not impossible. I don't know when you have to study why people laugh, that there's a part of us that senses Hashem's taking us somewhere. It's shayich, there's such a thing. Now, other people have other factors. Laugh just means you're nervous. It's uncomfortable. I don't like what I heard. There are other, there are other ways of explaining it. I'm not, I don't have a monopoly on why people laugh. I suspect that there's a part of us that taps into a bikiva. There's a laughter. There's a part that understands that there's a plan here. Rabbi Kiva saw, and, and, and laughter. Lemaisa, there's such a response called laughter. There's such a response, and good people, he should not be shamed. Good people have laughed. Why, what that laughter means, it's certainly, the, the guy's not, not an animal. There's such, you could look up, a guy could look online, that some people, when they hear difficult news, I could tell you, but that I saw fire was not funny to me at all, it was scary. And I started laughing, I was not a laugh because something was funny at all. I don't know why I laughed, I don't know. I don't know. It never happened to me again. That situation, I saw the fire and it, it brought out a laughter. I don't know why. There may be a truthful response of laughter and a part of us that senses that something is, even though it looks bad, there may be a truth like that. Keep in mind, the Kiva, when he saw Chorben, laughed also. But here, what is this Kimitzachek Beinich of What is this that his son-in-laws think it's funny? That it's a joke. What in the world's going on? It's very not funny. They knew how big he was, that's why. The, the Meshachachma speaks out that light before Avram had certain Giluyim, the Meshachachma in Lech Lecha describes, if you look at Psukim, Avram Avinu travels twice with light. The first time it says, Vikach Avram, and it says, Vayelech Avram, Vayelech Itoy Light. Avram travels and Light travels as well. The second time when he goes back to Eretz Yisrael, after he had been in Eretz Yisrael, it said, Avram travels, Avram goes up, the Light Ima, and Light was with him. The first time it says, Avram traveled and Light traveled. The second time Avram goes up and Light was with him. Light's like, like, like a, a, a side point. His dog was with him. The man traveled and his watch with self and went with him. And uh, the, the Arsameh, the mayor Simcha Devin says when he first went to Eretz Yisrael, light was considered an equal to Avram. In some way he was a reya and a chaver, and the Torah records that Avram went to Eretz Yisrael and so did light. Two big people. After Avram was in Eretz Yisrael and lived with Hashem, Went to Mitzrayim, passed that Nisayan. Avram is now in such a madrig, it's inappropriate to call them friends. So it says Avram went, Light was with him. But the answer is that Light was a big person. 
And his son was that he spoke to angels. The son was what wouldn't be Nishtaimim. What's the joke? That is, does anybody have a pshat that a son was? What do you say, Ilan? What's, what's pshat? Yosef. This Yitzchak is an important part. By Yehra, Yitzchak's born. Laughter is important. But what's this? What's the joke? What's the joke? No. Oh, that laughter that sometimes makes sense. Ah, that was the joke. See, Shlomo was proving that it couldn't be the laughters they believed in because it doesn't look like they leave. Right, the Andy says, take you. They, they don't leave. My shot, you can laugh at <laughs> I want to claim, I don't know Pshat. I, didn't come, I did not come to tell you Pshat today. I, I did not plan to say Pshat. I don't know Pshat. I don't know. I'm curious. and I, I should leave it as homework. And it is homework. I'll share something. Yeah. Yeah, there's a parasha. Laughter is featured in my ear. What's this joke? We're destroying Sadaim. And it's a tzchaik, son of what's like what's the tzchaik? Why why wouldn't you believe it when he doesn't lie like that? What's happening? It's Mitzachik, Bainik Hasanov. They didn't take it seriously. And who? Doesn't say they left. A good point. Doesn't say they left. It was Kimitzachik Bainik. There's a medrash. I believe it's a medrash what I'm saying. I believe. Please, we have to look it up. I did not look it up recently. I believe the medrash, but we have to look it up. Perhaps it was a joke, because he used to joke about this. See, if the Torah says it was a joke to them, that's weird. Why would they think it's a joke? This was a family joke. It, it, it makes sense to me if this taka was the family joke. And the Torah is saying they thought he was joking because he always joked about it. Because they all knew Saddam was going down. They all knew, everybody knew Saddam. Everybody knows that which is fake will not last. Everybody knows that which is not in touch with reality of, the, of a world of chesed, of kindness won't last. So we all could go along. Hey, is the, and you have a sense. There's the un, a guy described to me in yeshiva sitting by a rave. And he said you could feel in the air the fakeness of the event. So the guy, he said it's thick. He said it's thick in the air. You dance, you jump, but there's an uncomfortability of that which isn't. That which isn't. A guy described it to me, Mamish. If the tyrant describes he was joking, why would you say he's joking? He just said it's going to be destroyed. Because he always used to say that. That's how they always joked. They always joked about it. So it wasn't more serious than the other times they said it. That's the Kemitzachik. Ironically, what would come out, they joke because they knew it was true. So why didn't they run out? We always know. I don't know. It's Kemitzachik because what they always made Tzachik about. They always joked. God's going to take this down. That's what they always said. So it was kimitzachik, not because they thought it's ridiculous, because they joked about it for years. So probably won't be now. Why not? Because they we spoke about it for many years. Oh, now <laughs> they said we've always been joking. We, 
They always joked. The joke. That it would be destroyed. Of course they did. That's why they always joked about it. It was a family joke. This is the joke we always say. So it's nothing more when he said, they said, dear son-in-laws, Saddam's being destroyed. Now they said, <laughs> we know, we said that yesterday and the day before also. They always joked about Saddam being destroyed. Those jokes aren't funny. They were serious all the years, Martha. When they joked, it was the most serious joke to Yaren, except saying it was always serious. That was the serious joke in the house. I think I, I, I'm remembering, I have to find it. And I, I, I remember it as a medrash, it could be a pshat. So I remember that it was always the joke. That was kimitzachik. Yeah, that this is what we always saw. So then it's, no, it's not now more than any other time. That's the mitzachik ben chasan. It's what they always joke. Yeah, it needs a pshat here. It needs a pshat. He told them the most serious news about the imminent destruction of Sidaim, and his son laws think he's joking. <laughs> and the Torah leaves it. If they always joked about it, they thought it was a joke. But they thought it was a joke, not that it wouldn't happen. Why do you think they always joke about it? Because they know, of course. The Bakr told me he doesn't run out of the rave either. He just was telling me what it feels like in there. How is he able to feel that? A guy described it to me. A guy described to me this that it said he'd mamish described to me what they and in Sadaim they live that this won't last. Maybe, maybe laughing maybe. at your father in law's joke. Maybe oh, that's not funny. this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I leave it as homework, Yosef. It's very interesting. This Kimitsachik Bene Hasanov that his son in law's laugh at some sort of a joke. This is like the least funny joke in the Torah. And the son-in-laws didn't take it seriously. This was a galechter. If they always joked about it, it gives some understanding. They always joked. This was the family joke. The family joke. So you said it once again. That's that's too real a situation. It's too real for them. That's why they're laughing. So the uncomfortable laughter of not taking could could be could be could be. Okay, I share with the chevra. If somebody has a pshat, he can ponder over Shabbos. Hashem recorded That's this. It's very, very fascinating that this moment was somehow was somehow a tzayik to them. It was a it was a matter of laughter. It's not my fault. I want to explain just simple pshat. All of us know from youth, but we have to. It's just important to get clear what happened. We all know so he rushes them out, and he takes out his wife, his daughters. And he brings them michotz la'ir. Now, everybody knows this pasuk. The angel says such an interesting thing to them. When he takes them out of the city, he says, Run for your lives. Don't look back. Escape, pentasafa, lest you, lest you get gathered up. You die with the people. What is that? Don't look back. He says, escape. Don't look back. Escape. What's this looking back? What's this issue? Don't look. What's wrong with looking back? The angels. The angels. When the angels took this crew, this motley crew outside, Lloyd, his wife, and his daughters, he said, escape. 
Don't look back. Now, I want to say a diuk. I want to say a diuk. He said, escape and don't look back. Is that one thing or two things? Two. Is, that, is, it, is it two things? One, escape. A second thing, don't, don't look back. I'll tell you a raya that it's one thing. Listen to the Lushan of the Pasuk. He said, Escape for yourself. To be malek means to escape. Escape for your lives. Don't look back. He malek, escape. Now, why do you say twice? It's a, it, he said escape already. This escape is escape. Don't look back. Mm. Looking back was the opposite of escaping. It wasn't a separate command. Escape. Don't look back. The don't look back is, the, why is the, I'm escaping and I'm looking back. Even though you could tie that, I always wondered, did you ever hit a baseball to the third baseman and you glance? Don't look, just run to the base. It slows you up a little when you look. So you could tie, and if you're looking, you're not escaping. Escape and don't look back. The looking back, the good runner, when he hits it to the third baseman, like the good runner lowers his head and flies to first and doesn't look. The bad guy like glances over. That slowed you up a little bit. The looking slowed you up. So he said, escape, don't look back. That slows you up. Usher, you're looking at the third baseman. It slows you up when you're looking back. Run, don't look back. Is that how you learned, Avrami? The looking back is, is, slows you up and he wants him to run fast. And if you're looking, you're like the guy hits the ball, gives a glance to the short. Don't give a glance. Head down and run to first. You'll find out. The ump will tell you if you were safe or not. You look at it and you start being a spectator. We'll watch. We're allowed to look if it's close. We look at the short, start feeling. You don't look. Don't worry if you feel it. Don't worry if he double. If he, just run to first. But the malach says, run, he mullet, escape, and don't look back. And then we know, of course, all of us know, all of us know th- what, what happens, that we know that Vatabit, a few psukim later, Vatabit Ishtar his wife glances at the first base, at the, at the shortstop. Light's wife runs, but looks back. Vatinitziv Melach, she becomes a pillar of salt. She's destroyed with stone. What is that? What was that warning, don't look back? Saddam's wife looks back and is destroyed. What is that? What's the looking back? You, you run and run. What, what becomes clear, David, is their zechus was not to be in Mitzrayim, and, to be in Saddam and get saved. There was Xayra against Saddam, and Light and his family do not have the merit that if they're there, they're not killed. Things are very exact by Hashem. Interesting, Hashem could have made it. The whole Saddam died, and not light his wife and his daughters. That's not what, not what happens here. The Malach rushes them out. And the Pasuk makes a very big adgasha that their way of being saved is not to be in the city. If they're in the city, they don't have the merits to be saved. If they're not in the city, there was a against the city. Light and his wife and daughters were not big enough that if in the city they'll be saved. If they're in the city, they're going down with the city. What the angel did is It The angel was given permission by Hashem to bring them out of the city. They're not in the city, they're not part of the Xerah. If they look at the city, they're in the city. 
Shui, what comes clear is you have to, in order not to have the Xera, the city is going down. And if Light, his daughter, and his wives are in the city, then they're going down with the city. If they're not in the city, they're not in the city. If they look at the city, then they're in the city. I think people don't know about the, the power of seeing something, that if you see something, it connects you to the thing, to the point that if they're looking at the city, then they're in the city. You are what you're looking at. If that's what you're looking at, it attaches you, you're there. And remarkably, if they look back at the city, then they're called in the city. They're called in the city. They get the Xayr of the city. Light's wife looks back at the city. She turns around. She turns back and looks at the city. So then she's in the city. She's in the city, and she has the Xayr of the city. Where she looks, there she is. She's looking at the city. She's attached to the city. That's a very good question. But she looks at the city, then she's in the city. If she runs, a very important question, but if she runs out of the city and doesn't look at the city, so she's not in the city, she has a schos to be saved. Could she stay in the city and get saved? No. She stared at the city, then that's where she is. That glance back that I'm in the city and I'm looking at the city attaches me to the city. If that's what I'm looking at, that's where I am. And that, that, that looking back at the city... She looks back at the city. If the pshat is you run and you don't look back at the city. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm out of there. I've left there. So Mercedes, you left there. You look back at the city. You're in the city. Now one could say that's a power of the eyes and learn a sugya of looking at something since you looked at it. That's where you are. It could be a power of machshav also. That the looking back says, I'm still attached to this place. It's not in the eyes. It's, what, it's the other sarser of Chet, that she looked back because she wanted to be there. It was a longing glance of her city where she came, and her only way of escaping is this is not your place anymore. At the point that it's not your place, I'm done from here, I renounce this place. The looking back says, it's still, my, it's still your place. Then you're, then you're, so it's either a kayach and the enayim, she looked at it, she, she's there. Or the Inayim are Ma'ira, the lave. She looked back with longing as Ma'ira. Shnei sar suri dechet. Inayim rois va'lev chaymed. The eye sees and it arouses the heart. So it could be she looked back. So, oy, oy. And that, oy, I wish I could be there. She was nifted. She passed away then. Ah, so you still want to be there. And the only survival is get out and don't look back. Don't connect to it. Don't be there. Don't want it. At the point you look back and you want to be there, then in a certain amount, you're there. In a certain amount, then you're still there. This is about a lot of areas of our life, of, of a tremendous, tremendous lesson of not being vatabet me'achur, a big lesson about, about moving forward, about letting go. She looks back and is Ma'ira or Chuka to be there and, and, and she's called there. And with Sadaim being destroyed, so is she. She's in Sadaim. So. I want to close and I want to close sharing a Rashi with everybody here. And then we'll get right to second Seder. I want to close very quickly that there's, there's a Rashi. There's a Rashi I want to start learning today, and 
hopefully, Be'ez Hashem, it continues tomorrow. There's a Rashi. Rashi says, Hashem comes to Avram Avinu, in the beginning of Parshat Vayera. Vayera, love Hashem, ve'loyne mamre. Avram Avinu is in the plains of Mamre. Mamre is Avram Avinu's friend, and he's living by Mamre. And Hashem appears to Avram. Avram Avinu is sitting there. It's the heat of the day. And Avram Avinu is sitting there. And Hashem comes to Avram Avinu. Now the Pasuk says, Avram is sitting. Now it's very inappropriate. If a Rebbe comes to talk to two Bachram, and they're learning, and the Rebbe comes, you stand up. You don't stay seated. That's highly inappropriate. It's highly inappropriate. A Rebbe's standing, so you stand up. I remember I was learning with my Chavrus, and my Rebbe was very orangutan in learning. He's somebody who thinks and learning very profoundly. And there were, there were times he would walk up to us. He was always like thinking and learning. He's deep. He's a, he's a person. He would walk around during Seder sometimes. And I kid you, I'm not exaggerating. He would stand near us. But then he like was thinking about a svara. He was always like... So he could be near, so he stood up. But he was no longer there. He was like thinking. To the point, and we were like stand up, we stood up like Rebbe's here. He would then see us. He would like, 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 like jump, like he forgot he was there. Literally, like, like, get there, like what are you doing? Here? Like, he forgot. But we, we, you stand up. We waited till he like, chapped. He was there. He was thinking about something. But here, Hashem comes to Avram, and it says Avram is sitting there. Stand up. God comes. You stand up. But of course. It says, Vuyayshev, Avram Avinu is sitting there. Avram Avinu is sitting there. When I, I, I want to talk about this Rashi. I want to get to second Seder. So we're not talking about it long. I do want to say that this word of standing up, we're going to talk about this Rashi, Bali Nether, tomorrow, or, or the beginning of next week, but we're going to continue this Rashi. But I want to say that this word that we stand up, and Avram Avinu will discuss, we're going to learn a Chazal, why Avram Avinu didn't stand up. But this that we stand up when Hashem approaches, when a Talmud Chacham approaches, when, other, when an old person approaches, I want to say something to the guys. It bothers me a lot if people keep the Torah in a robotic way and don't think what's the Torah saying. I'll give you a mushal. An old man comes into a room, so there's a din to stand up. It's a pasuk in the Torah. You stand up. An old man, an 80-year-old man would walk in. We have a mitzvah, the rice to the stand-up. I don't like when people are superficial, are robotic. So a guy, an old man walks in, and he goes back. There's something, you are so shallow and don't get what Hashem just told you. He told you something. If, what does it mean you stood up for an old man? What does that mean? If you're not a guy who speaks to older people, we have a guy who learned in the yeshiva, Matt Levin. He runs to Holocaust survivors. He's like busy with them, Yom Abelayla. He plays music with them. He shmooz with them. He gets brachas from them. He gives chizuk to them. He's a smart man who haps that a survivor is somebody who's serious. You can get brachas. And as such, he responds and tries to talk to them. If the Torah told us an old man walks in, you have to stand up, that says that it can't be there's an old person here and it's irrelevant to me. Standing up means that I am moved. I have a response to this person. If you stand up and sit down and don't learn that an old person has what to teach you, 
then you're a guy who doesn't, you're not listening to your own actions that you're doing. If you're not a guy who tries to plug in and speak to old people and learn something, then you kept the Torah, yeah, Hashem said stand up, but he was telling you something. He was saying that a Zakein walks in the room, moves you. If you're a guy who doesn't take advantage, who, we had a group of beautiful Bachamir who went and were around some Talmidic Hachamim, and I was proud of them that they were sophisticated enough to get a bracha, to ask a shayla, to speak to Talmidic Hachamim. If the Torah says, and because the Torah says a Talmud Chacham walks in, you stand up, so it means that a Talmud Chacham in the room moves me. My life doesn't just go on. I respond to this person. There's something about this person that forces a response. It matters to me. I show honor to the person, but I'm honoring because it's relevant. The person's relevant. If I just sitting down, so they're here. So Azma, not Azma. He matters in my life. He has what to tell me. It's relevant. The standing up is 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 a, is is, a, is telling me so. There's a response to such a person. He's a person I should respect. Respect, connect, figure out, hear from him. If a person stands up for old people and never thought to speak to an old person, so you don't respect, you don't see there's somebody who has what to offer you. So then you kept the, you kept the law. Of, if God walks into him, you stand up, because of course we, res, we respond. Hashem is here. So we'll talk why Avram Avinu is sitting. Why didn't he stand up for Hashem? I owe the guys. I want to get the second Seder. We're going to leave with that question. But I did want to speak up about this Indian of standing up for old people. By the way, we stand up for our parents. That's the halacha, to stand up for your parents. Your parents walk in the room. You don't have to do it each time. We do it once in the morning. Your parents walk in. We stand up. If they're meichel, you don't have to. We stand up for parents. A guy stands up for his parents and doesn't call and ask a shayla. He doesn't respect. He doesn't chap. So he's keeping the mitzvah, mitzvah from superficially. He's doing the mitzvah. He's not studying the mitzvah. So that's why I wanted to just speak about this Indian of standing up. We have to study more. Why he have Ram Avinu didn't stand up. Here Hashem came and the Torah makes a point. Avram Avinu was sinning. He did not get up. Rashi asked that Kasha, what nonsense is that? Hashem walked in. Avram Avinu was sinning. I owe the guys. Let's get to second Seder. I want to say the schedule going forward and we want to keep strongly to the schedule. We want a good second Seder. Mincha is going to be three. We're going to be marked with the time. Second Seder is going to take place. I meant Musa is going to take place 3.15 and then Be'ez Hashem 4 o'clock. We'll try to be on time. It will be a few minutes, but it will not be long. Four o'clock, begin second Seder.